This is Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. The views and opinions expressed on this show are not necessarily those of this station. Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO on VOCM. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Your Money with Nancy Snedden. I am Nancy Snedden. Thanks so much for tuning in today. On today's show, we're focusing on Financial Literacy Month, which is marked every November here in Canada, as we all know. And if there was ever a time to brush up on your financial literacy skills and work toward improving your financial health, this may very well be it. So joining me to talk about Financial Literacy Month and offer advice on how you can grow your financial knowledge and skills and improve your financial health is Doretta Thompson. Doretta is the Director of Corporate Citizenship, Financial Literacy Leader of CPA Canada. Doretta, thanks so much for coming back on the show. So great to have you. Oh, my pleasure. So before we jump in uh, on some advice for, for listeners, can you share maybe a little bit about CPA Canada and your role as Financial Literacy Leader? Sure. Um, CPA Canada is the national body that supports and represents more than 210,000 chartered professional accountants across Canada um, in the areas of standard setting and guidance, education, and, um, and thought leadership. And we started developing our financial literacy program more than a decade ago um, in response to our members, to, to CPA's desire to help Canadians learn more about money and make better financial decisions. Um, there was a, uh, an article that was written in our magazine at that time about the state of, of Canadians' sort of general financial literacy. And as sort of money people, CPAs really wanted to make a difference there. And as financial literacy leader, it's, it's my job and, and really it's my passion to really support those members and empower them to help Canadians learn more about money and to take control of their money. So we've got um, about 7,500 CPA volunteers across Canada from coast to coast to coast, um, all CPAs, all money people. And uh, we offer free education sessions through schools and libraries and community groups. I'd like to say anywhere people gather and listen, um, we can send a, or gather and learn. We can, we can send a, uh, a CPA to help you talk about a whole range of um, money topics. And we also have uh, a large number of online resources on money issues. Um, I think that, as you said, it, it has never been more important for Canadians to understand the language of money and, and to own their own financial futures. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we like to say at, at BDO, like when we're serving our clients, we'll meet you where you're at. So if it's someone who does want to go to a local library and participate in an in-person session, or someone who prefers to be home and sort of do their learning online in their own environment, you're there to, to support in uh, whatever it is that they're looking for, which I think is, is fabulous. We know that, as I said, November is Financial Literacy Month in Canada, and the goal, of course, is to raise awareness around financial knowledge and know-how when it comes to finances. And, and that's what I want to focus on today. So, Dorita, let's start by discussing why financial literacy is so important. What do listeners need to understand about the benefits of growing their financial literacy? I mean, I think the thing is that, that right now, Times are tough, and, and for the next while, they're probably going to get tougher. We're seeing inflation, rising cost of living, interest rates, stagnant wages, and financial literacy and knowledge about money can actually empower you to make good financial decisions. 
that that can um, help you stay afloat, get afloat. Um, you know, these times will pass, so we really need to uh, pull together to understand where we are so that we get to the other side of this thing. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And of course, improving the financial skills of Canadians has been a key focus of the federal government. They launched the natural, national strategy sorry, for financial literacy, Count Me in Canada, back in 2015. And I think since that time, Canadians are doing better when it comes to growing their financial skills. However, many still struggle when it comes to financial literacy. And, and this impacts financial decision making and of course, because of that, your overall financial health. So according to the latest Canadian Financial Capability Survey, which was done in 2019, it's conducted every five years. And many Canadians, it showed, still struggle when it comes to things such as budgeting, debt management, savings, and understanding many of the financial products and services that they're signing up for. And so that's what the federal government, through their efforts with the Financial Consumer Agency of Canada, referred to as FCAC, launched a new five-year strategy last year, Make Change That Counts. So the new strategy focuses on three key areas and offers recommendations on how to address each. So let's talk about the the recommendations now, Doretta. So the first one is reducing barriers. So as we know, barriers limit consumers' ability to access, understand, choose, and use financial products and services most suitable for their needs. So to reduce these barriers and reach and engage more Canadians through this new strategy, it suggests that efforts need to be made in communicating in ways people understand, target financial literacy initiatives through a diversity lens, create a more accessible financial services system, and digital tools should promote, not impede financial literacy. So based on your experience and observations, what are among the barriers you believe Canadians face when it comes to their financial health and financial literacy? I think that that there are a number and that that what they're focusing on makes sense but if, if i really want to think about what we really see um i think one of the first ones is that Canadians tend to be just in time learners about money and by that it means that they they tend to learn about something or get information about it right at the time they need it so they learn about credit cards when they're getting a credit card and they're often, or, or mortgages or whatever it is, they're also often getting information from someone who actually has something to gain um, from the decision that they make. And maybe at a time that they don't have, they don't have a lot of time to think about what their options are. So they're actually making money decisions in the, at, in the moment instead of being prepared for them. I think that's one. I think another is having too much choice in financial products. Uh, there is so much out there is that more complicated every day. There are a lot of very sophisticated marketers in behind those things. It's really confusing. Another one is uh, jargon. Um, you know, jargon is a kind of shorthand that people use to, to be part of something. It, it, it shows in for uh, a sort of a shortcut of way of talking about things. But if you don't know that jargon, it can create a real sense of fear that this is something that you can't understand and you don't want to appear to be stupid because you don't understand it. When in fact, it's just a language that, that, that you can in fact learn. And I think another really big barrier is bad childhood role models. Um, that we didn't learn about money as children or we learned, we learned and we kind of assimilated a lot of habits and attitudes to money 
that we haven't objectively stepped back and thought about in a really kind of um, a careful way that serves us well. Um, you know, if your if your childhood uh, models about money weren't really healthy and strong, it's it's easy to fall into those same habits and not think about does that is that really true? Does that really serve me? And I think the final one is like leaving it to others to make decisions about your money, um, not checking yourself, not owning yourself. It's your money and nobody is going, it doesn't matter to anybody as much as it does or should matter to you. No, I agree. And I think, you know, we're going to talk about uh, in just a bit about trying to normalize uh, these conversations, right? So that people have them. Because oftentimes I see it in my practice too, Doretta, right? Where a husband and wife will come in and the husband or the wife is unaware of what's been happening in the finances because they're not talking about it. And one sort of has taken charge over the household um, finances and they're not actually having discussions. So I think, you know, whoever's in charge of the, the household finances, it's fine if one person sort of takes the lead on that, but it's still important that they're, they're talking about it on a regular basis. So I agree definitely with all the barriers that you've listed there. So I guess, how do we improve communication so that Canadians better understand the products and services that are offered to them? You mentioned that, you know, oftentimes they're signing up for things. They're not really sure what they're signing up for. There's marketers out there using jargon, like all, all that kind of thing. And, and people sometimes are trusting these people without really doing their homework or asking questions about about the, the things that are being described to them. So how do we change that? Um, I think there are a few ways to change it. One of them is to start with our kids. Um, those are the easiest, hard conversations to have and, and you know, sort of the easiest conversations about money. Um, but we also learn for them themselves. Um, we actually did a, our podcast on Mastering Money. We did a series on having difficult money conversations. Um, so I'd really suggest sort of listening in on that, and you might actually learn a few tri- tricks about about those difficult money conversations. I think that, that transparency is the most important thing, but start, start with the basics. Start with what's close to you and explore that a little bit. Don't be afraid to ask questions um, and be kind of honest with yourself first about your money issues and then ask for ways to learn more. There's lots of information online. Um, as you've mentioned, you know, we have a lot of stuff on, on our website. I'm seeing a lot of interest in money right now. I think the thing is to be, and, and a lot of kind of more uh, outward facing conversations, a lot more willingness to talk about money. And I, I really encourage that. And I really think we have to keep going down that pathway to take that stigma and fear out of money because it stands for so many things. No, absolutely. I couldn't agree more on that. And I think this year's Financial Literacy Month theme, Make Change That Counts, Managing Your Money in a Changing World, uh, is is a really good one. And we're going to talk about that theme and share advice on how you can grow your financial literacy skills when we come back. Please stay with us. Weekday mornings from 530 to 9. Jumpstart your day with Jerry Lynn Mackey and Ben Murphy. Newsmakers, traffic, weather, and more during your VOCM Morning Show. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money here on VOCM. I'm your host, Nancy Snedden, licensed insolvency trustee with BDO Canada here in Newfoundland and Labrador. 
I'm joined today by Doretta Thompson. She's the Director of Corporate Citizenship Financial Literacy Leader with CPA Canada. And as I mentioned, November marks the 12th annual Financial Literacy Month here in Canada, a time to raise awareness regarding financial literacy and financial skills for everyone here in Canada. But I want to focus more now on this year's theme, and that is Make Change That Counts, Managing Your Money in a Changing World. So this year's theme focuses on the importance of adjusting budgets, spending and equipping Canadians with practical tips and tools to help them manage their debt and finding financial balance in these challenging and, of course, uncertain times. So throughout the month, there's going to be weekly key messaging that will focus on several sub-themes, all related to debt management. So, Jordan, let's talk a little bit about these now, maybe discuss some advice on how our listeners can apply each to improving their financial health. So this past week's theme, so November 1st to 5th, was find your financial balance. So because there needs to be balance between managing debt and spending, what advice can you share with our listeners about this and the tools that they can use to really help manage or find that balance? I think that, that again, it's about balance. Balance in all aspects of our life is critical. And this is about starting with the basics, understanding where your money is, where it comes from, where it goes. And when you've got a handle on that, and and you and I know that's basically budgeting, right? Mm -hmm. That's when you can really start something that grows that cycle of knowledge, building competence, competence, building confidence, and that confidence inspiring you to learn more. And I think that, that you can start with something as basic as just following your spending for um, a week or a month and see where your money really goes. When you look at what what you're taking on debt for, think about why you're doing it, um, whether that's an investment in your future, whether it's something that you really need. Um, And make sure that you're always leaving room for your future self. And that's what shaving is about. And I think if people think about it in those terms, know where you are, know where you want to be, prepare for your future self, it starts giving you a sense that that you can, in fact, take ownership of this. Because really, owning your budget and owning your money is about owning your own future. Absolutely. And it's never too early and it's never too late, right, to start doing that stuff. So. Never. I mean, they say, you know, the best start, the best time to start may have been a while ago, but the second best time is right now. (laughs) Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And as I mentioned, debt management is a key theme for the next few weeks of financial literacy month. So November 6th to 12th, the theme is manage your debt. And then the following week, the 13th to the 19th, the theme is plan for the future by putting in place a plan to pay down debt and avoid new debt by saving for financial goals. And of course, Dorita, this is more important than ever right now. We just had another um, increase in interest rates, another 50 basis points. So the benchmark rate is now at 3.75%. It's the highest it's been since back when we had the last round of sort of real financial uncertainty, which was 2008 and 2009. Uh, We know that these rate hikes are part of the central bank's aggressive campaign to to fight high inflation. And while we're still seeing high inflation, um, we are seeing slight uh, decreases. But, you know, the Bank of Canada says further rate hikes will be needed. So it's never been more important, I think, to really focus on paying down your debt because the cost of the debt you're carrying uh, is continuing to go up and is going to continue to go up. So 
I think it is important, though, to point out that not all debt is bad. So before we get into advice on managing debt, let's talk about the difference between good debt and bad debt. I think that, that, you know, good debt is debt that you acquire really to invest in something major that will go up in value, like your home, um, or things like student loans that are investing in your own future. Um, my general rule of thumb is around consumer debt, the kind of, of for, for discretionary expenses, is if you can't afford it to pay it off in full then you shouldn't be buying it. Um, but so there are, of course, times that there is also emergency debt um, where you don't have a, ch- a choice to uh, um, come up with something, you know, for an emergency medical expenditure or something like that, which is why we develop emergency funds. Um, but I think debts that are about the future or to invest in things that go up in value, um, those are kind of the general sort of good, important debts to have. And then um, bad debts tend to be about consumer um, things that were not necessary. Yeah, and it is it is important to recognize the differences between those two things. You know, I was talking with a client um, last week, and you know, they were telling me their story. It was our initial uh, sort of consultation, and she said, you know, Nancy, the thing that made me call you was I was looking at some financial tools on my bank's website. And it said, you know, you're on the right track. Good for you. But then down below, it said, if you continue to make your minimum payments, you'll have your debt paid off in 206 months or something like that. So she's like, it's going to take me almost 18 years to pay off this debt. And of course, closer to retirement, like you're thinking, like, how am I going to be able to to continue to do this? And the cost of the debt, as we said, going up. So, you know, it, it's kind of a mixed message, right? For, and that's that was sort of her comment to me, too, a mixed message to say that she's on track, but yet she's, she's not going to see any light at the end of the tunnel for, you know, almost 20 years from now. So I think it's important that we provide our listeners with some advice on managing debt. So what should they or shouldn't they be doing right now? Uh, considering the current economy? I think the most important thing is to really try to limit any new debt and make debt repayment the priority. Because interest rates, as you said, are, are you know, the signals are all going to keep going up in the short term, although that's probably going to slow a little bit. But it's really important to start chipping away at that. Um, you will save money. Um, but the other thing is you'll actually start getting confidence from this, that, that you can, in fact, do this. Um, there's some, some really interesting research about debt repayment. And, you know, one of the, the um, interesting things is that um, the numbers would tell you to start with the highest, uh, the, the highest interest loan first. Um, but behavioral economics tells us that you start with the smallest one first because it gives you that sense of momentum that you're paying things off. Uh, but big picture, I think it's try to limit new debt, make debt repayment a priority, especially if, for example, your, your mortgage is coming up for a new student, so they're going to be big. Uh, you're going to see a huge difference in, in mortgage payments. So try to save towards putting something down on the principal when you have that opportunity. Absolutely. It's so important. And, you know, I always tell people if all you can do is afford the minimum payment on your debt, you need to reach out and get some help because you're you're not going to see that light at the end of the, the tunnel, right? Because you're going to be paying interest and then not really getting further ahead. But also, you know, do what works for you when it comes to a debt repayment 
plan, right? So if you are someone who needs that motivation to see that quick win, then you're right, Dorette. It's important to look at paying down your lowest debt first so that you can get that win under your belt and move on to the next one. Um, for those who who don't necessarily need that type of motivation, so to your point, like that's not a behavioral thing for them, then concentrating on the highest interest is going to get the most bang for their buck, right, in savings in the long run. Boring is one of the financial literacy month themes coming up later in the month. And after the break, we're going to talk about that and what you should keep in mind before boring. And Doretta has some great advice for you uh, on financial literacy month. Please stay with us. Every Saturday is perfect for a night at the cabin. The cabin party with Brian O'Connell. Saturday night starting at 7 p.m. on VOCM. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money. I'm your host, Nancy Sneddon, licensed insolvency trustee with BDO Canada here in Newfoundland and Labrador. My guest today is Doretta Thompson. She's the Director of Corporate Citizenship and Financial Literacy Leader at CPA Canada. Our focus today is Financial Literacy Month, which is marked every November here in Canada, as we know. And the theme this year is Make Change That Counts, Managing Your Money in a Changing World. And boy, these are changing times, especially when it comes to finances of Canadians. We just came through a pandemic that was tough on everybody, you know, record rates of inflation, higher interest rates than many people have have seen in the past. So we know we're experiencing a lot of economic uncertainty right now. And Dreda, you had some great advice when it comes to debt management and, and spending and savings, all part of the weekly themes of this Financial Literacy Month. And while these will still be part of the themes in the weeks ahead, the focus over the last two weeks also includes borrowing wisely and knowing your rights. So these are important themes to focus on because we know when it comes to borrowing, we have more choice than ever before. And it seems that there's always new financial products and services being offered. And sometimes signing up seems easy, but before you know it, you're buried in debt or you've taken on high interest debt that you cannot keep up with or manage. And so it's a bit of a snowball effect. So when you consider these themes, Doretta, what is your advice for, for listeners and what should they be considering before borrowing money? I think before you borrow, you have to ask yourself some very basic questions, um, beginning with why are you borrowing this money? Is it is it for a want or is it for a need? Is it for investment in the future? Um, then you want to really think about how much you want to borrow. And that may seem like an obvious thing, but what can happen is that you can actually be offered more, a bigger loan than, than actually you really need. And that can get people to think that, oh, well, I can really afford this. But just because you're offered that credit limit or you're pre-approved for that mortgage limit doesn't mean that that's the amount that, that you should take. Um, and, and so affordability, thinking about what you can really afford, what other expenses you have are really important. I think the next thing is to think about um, uh, that money. Do you... Do you do you really need to spend this? Um, can you save for it? Um, and then your monthly payment. Um, one thing that really scares me, and you mentioned this, and that is the plethora of new financial products that are coming on the market or that are being digitized and, and um, uh, available in ways that have not been thought of before. And the one that really comes to mind is buy now, pay later. 
um, plans. They've always been around for major uh, major purchases, but now even the smallest online purchases you can do on buy now pay later, um, which is usually four payments, um, and and it may only be a few dollars for this small thing, but if you've done it five or six times, then suddenly you can find hundreds of dollars per month on these on these small payments. Um, and I think it's, it, and, and then the penalties become enormous. That's kind of the kind of thing that, that I think you really need to think about. You really need to think about what happens if you miss a payment. Can, can you afford the penalties, et cetera? Um, and, uh, and I guess the final one um, that people think about is loan insurance. Do you really need loan insurance? Which, which depending on the terms of it, which would cover the payments while um, in a period of, of incapacity. But sometimes, you know, insurance products can be under or oversold. So the most important thing is really to make sure that you really understand how much you're borrowing, why you're borrowing it, what the terms are, how it's going to affect your monthly um, your monthly budget, what happens if you can't make a payment. Um, and I think that if you have very strong understanding of those things, then you will be able to manage that debt. No, absolutely. And I've talked about these insurance products and we've had some financial planners on the show over the years talking about insurance products too. And, you know, the general consensus seems to be that it's a rare circumstance where a, you know, uh, life insurance on your mortgage specific um, through a lender or, you know, the, the disability and coverages on various credit cards and things like that are the right choice. It's often a better route to talk with a financial planner and just get a life insurance policy, right? That's going to be protecting you against um, all of your debts, not just a specific product or disability insurance policy that, again, is going to protect you in many facets, not just on this one uh, one particular product. So there's so much to consider, but I think getting the right advice is before you just sign up for these things to make sure that it is the best thing for you is, is so, so important. And of course, when you are signing up to borrow, it's really important to read the fine print and understand just what you're signing up for. Wouldn't you agree, Dreta? Oh, absolutely. Um, and some of the fine print can be, uh, it can have a lot of jargon. Um, I think that's one of the reasons why it's so important, this movement to plain language um, for these things so people really understand what they're doing. Um, and sometimes it can be even hard to find what the penalties are um, with, with some of the uh, buy now, pay later things, for example. Um, to really find out what the penalties are, you really have to dig deep into those footnotes. Absolutely. And many people don't really even read your credit card agreement when it comes, right? They just sign up and, and sort of move on. But, you know, I know we've had some clients get caught in the past where there's a secondary card holder. And depending on how the credit card agreement is written, sometimes the secondary card holder is not responsible for the debt at all. Sometimes they're responsible for the debt they incur on their secondary card. And sometimes they're responsible for, for the account, same as the primary. So it really is important when you're when you're looking at things to make sure you do have a good understanding of what you and potentially your secondary cardholder are signing up for. A lot of people don't understand either that, you know, Lots of times when you have a line credit with uh, a lender, they can ask you to repay it in full at any point. Right. HELOCs can do like that. Um, yeah, people just, I think it's really important to have the conversations, to read, to know what you're signing. And um, 
to, to your point about secondary cards, et cetera, those money conversations between people are really important. And it's surprising that people don't always either understand it or have those conversations. Oh, absolutely. So let's just focus a little bit now and talk about consumer rights. How important is it for listeners to know their financial rights when it comes to borrowing and really understanding how they are protected as a financial consumer? I think it is very important. When things go wrong, um, that's when you need to call on this and to not feel desperate or out of control, but to have a clear understanding of how you are protected as a financial consumer is really important. Yeah, it, it really is, Jordan. Part of that is getting the right advice, right, from the right person or the right professional. So when it comes to getting the right advice, what what is your advice to listeners on, on that? And how do they make sure that they are speaking to the right individual? I think that getting professional advice is very important. And to understand the credentials and the area of expertise of the people from whom you're seeking advice, whether that's for investing, for tax, um, for planning your debt, you need to have a good connection with the person um, and you need to be feel that you can be completely honest with them. Um, I think it is very important to understand the responsibilities of the professional that you're dealing with. Um, they're responsible for making the decisions in your best interest, um, whether they have a fiduciary's responsibility to put your interests first and not, for example, um, their sales targets first. Um, I think a really important question in, for things like investment is to ask people how they're paid. Um, not that... that um, there are wonderful investment advisors out there, but I think that you have a right to know these things um, and so that you have clarity about them. And there's clarity among everybody about uh, the expertise that you're being offered um, and the responsibilities of the professional to whom you've sought it, from whom you've sought advice. Absolutely. And because it's so, so important, no matter you're getting investing advice, tax advice, uh, debt repayment advice, no, no matter what the financial advice is that you're seeking, it's important that uh, you are, you know, it's full disclosure, that you really talk about openly and honestly your financial situations, that the individual can fully understand where you are and, and provide you with the right advice. So I think in order for people to do that, they need to develop that um, rapport, right? Or they need to feel comfortable that they they can open up and, and talk to someone. So it really is important to maybe, you know, be open to talking to a couple of people or until you find the person that's right for you. Now, maybe the first person you talk to, you're going to get that comfort. But if you don't, don't be afraid to, to, to talk to someone else because it, it is so, so important. So it's all great advice on growing your financial knowledge and your financial literacy skills. And as you've been hearing, if there was ever a time to do it, it really is now. So if you're looking to grow your financial knowledge and your financial literacy skills this Financial Literacy Month, CPA Canada does offer a financial literacy program. And Doretta's going to tell us more about that when we come back. Please stay with us. You're busy, but you'll never be uninformed. Get up to date on the way home. The Drive on your VOCM. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money here on VOCM. I'm your host, Nancy Sneddon, Licensed Insolvency Trustee with BDO Canada here in Newfoundland and Labrador. 
Joining me today is Doretta Thompson. She's the Director of Corporate Citizenship and Financial Literacy Leader with CPA Canada. So we've been discussing financial literacy and the importance of really growing your financial literacy skills this Financial Literacy Month. And I want to add that it's something we should focus on all year long, of course, not just in November. November is just a time when we really put a focus in on it uh, to broaden people's knowledge and skill set and, and make sure that they are paying attention to, to the, all the different things that are out there. So we know that the more we know and understand, the more sound financial decisions that we're going to be able to make, and that will lead to improved overall financial health. And I know I keep saying this, but it's never been sure that if there was ever a time to grow your financial knowledge, it's now, right? We're in such um, economic uncertainty. People are struggling more than ever when it comes to budgeting and cash flow and affordability and, and debt repayment. So, Doretta, based on the current economic client, what are some of the key areas you would recommend listeners brush up on or, or really focus on? I think that it's important to focus on saving and debt. Um, I think new ways to save money, whether it is paying yourself forward, if you're not doing that, um, you know, having some automatic deductions from your pay, et cetera. Um, but I think that this is a really important time to think about saving um, and how you're going to prepare for the future. Um, yet we've talked about quite a bit, um, but I do think it's an important time to learn about that. Um, I think it's also a really interesting time to start exploring, um, even from a little bit of a distance, if, if you're accepting that, you know, this is a time to be stepping back and not kind of going crazy with spending. It's time to take that time to learn about things that you may not have spent time on before, like investments and getting some understanding about investment basics. Um, because it's easy to get when things in, in, in a market where things are going kind of crazy, it's easy to get caught up in the excitement of that. Um, and think about things like, you know, people who got uh, into meme stocks during, um, during, during COVID. Um, I think it's a really good time when there isn't that sort of sense that everything's moving up really fast to step back and actually try to learn about it objectively when your emotions aren't caught up in it. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, as with many things, there's always a segment of the population that's more at risk. So when you look at the current economy and what lies ahead, you know, we talked about there's going to be further rate hikes, there's a recession looming. So what advice do you have? Um, well, I guess, first of all, who do you feel is most at risk and what advice do you have for these listeners? I think the people, I think lower income payments are the people who are most at risk um, in when we're seeing the inflationary pressures. This is, um, I, I mean, we're all seeing it at the grocery store and we're seeing it at the gas pump. Um, so, and those kinds of um, core expenditures are a much bigger part of the budget of lower income Canadians. Um, and so they are going to be uh, affected the most deeply. Um, I think that considering that, the thing that, that is really important to focus on is having an emergency fund. Um, once, you've, once you've paid down debt, particularly high interest debt, really focus on, on having a, um, an amount of money that you can access easily in the event of an emergency. I think now is really the time to think about saving for a rainy day. 
Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And I think the pandemic did open up people's eyes to the importance of an emergency savings fund. But in times like this, sometimes people wonder, how am I, how am I going to be able to save? But, you know, every little bit counts. So, you know, I always say pay yourself first and, and make sure you are putting at least something away uh, in your savings. So, Dorette, as I mentioned at the end of the last segment, CPA Canada does offer a financial literacy program free of charge. So, can you tell us a little bit more about the program and, and the topics that are covered and maybe how listeners can participate? Yeah, so we, um, so as a part of our program, we have um, the, a wide range of, of education sessions um, that our members deliver in person or more virtually now, as you know, through through COVID, um, we're starting to get back in person again on a wide variety of topics. And you can go to our website and sign up for something uh, or arrange request request a, uh, a session. And there are over fifty sessions, I think. So you're bound to find something that will meet your needs. But we also have a lot of things on our website to help you with your own learning. Um, we have um, a lot of uh, uh, webinars, for example, that you can download and watch. So there's some really exciting things that, that you can look at. Um, you can download load our worksheets. We have a podcast uh, that is great fun um, and, uh, and, and explores a lot of money topics. Um, so the, the range of topics we cover, we have sessions and, and information for adults, for seniors, new Canadians. We have lots of school programs. Um, we also have programs for small and medium businesses and entrepreneurs, not-for-profits, etc. Um, and, uh, and those can be um, of special interest to you. So I think the real thing is get better informed. No, absolutely. And you mentioned your podcast there, and there is such great information. And, and I find like podcasts are an easy way to sort of pick up on, on some learnings, right? So, you know, for example, if I'm going to go for a quick walk around my neighborhood, I can put in my headphones and, and listen to a podcast. If I'm, you know, cleaning up around my house, right, doing the dishes or, or stripping the beds or whatever house cleaning I'm doing, same thing. I can, I can put my headphones in and, and listen to a podcast. So there's lots of opportunities. It sort of makes it easy, right? Right, to, to get those teachings and, and those learnings without having to define separate time um, with everything else that, that people have going on. So, Dorita, some great advice today. Uh, we've got some time now for some final thoughts. So if you could leave our listeners with a final thought today, what would it be? It would be that now is the time to own your own financial future. Nobody's going to care about your money the way you will. So inform yourself, you can do this, and now is the time. No, it absolutely is. And, and you do need to take control of your own finances. It doesn't mean you have to do it alone, right? There's lots of online learning, lots of ways you can educate yourself for sure on your own, but you know, reach out for some uh, help from financial advisors or someone like myself if you're having trouble with budgeting or, or debt repayment. Uh, make sure you're having those conversations. You know, we talked in the first segment, Doretta, about the importance of talking about uh, finances. And it, it is so important that you have meetings with your family, right? And you decide, I guess, depending on the age of your kids, how much you share with them. But, it, you know, always look for those teaching moments and, and having family meetings about finances and budgeting and you know, maybe you're planning a trip or the kids' education or, or whatever stage of life that you're in. But so important that those regular conversations are, are happening for sure. 
And of course, Doretta talked a lot about the financial literacy program that they have at CPA Canada and the different things. Uh, at BDO, we also have a financial wellness program. And, you know, for those out there in the community, employers or, you know, uh, human resources professionals, if you'd like us to come in and speak to your employees about what financial wellness and the importance of financial wellness. It's a free of charge seminar. We'll come to you, um, you know, whatever part of your day works. We can do something as short as an hour. We can put together half day learning sessions. Uh, it's really up to you. And like I said, it's all free of charge. So please reach out anytime. And daughter, for listeners looking to grow their financial literacy skills, literacy skills and knowledge, or they want to learn more about the CPA Canada programs, what's the best way for them to connect with you? You can go to our website at www.cpacanada.ca slash financial literacy. And our podcast is called Mastering Money, and you can get it wherever you get your podcast. Great. Well, thanks again for joining me. Always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks so much, Nancy. And for our listeners out there, uh, if you want to connect with me, certainly, you know, if you have a comment or question or a topic you'd like to discuss here on your money, if you'd like to learn more about the BDO Financial Wellness Program, you can email me at yourmoney@bdo.ca or give me a call at 800-563-8337. Until next week, I'm Nancy Snedden. Stay safe and be well, everyone. If you have a question or comment, send an email to yourmoney@bdo.ca. This has been Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO, License Insolvency Trustees, on your VOCM.